man who converted and became a missionary. He moved to England, began to set up orphanages there in England to take care of, of orphans and the needy in the cities. Um, he had a special uh, passion to pray, to trust the Lord would give him that is which is most basic to meet the needs of the orphanage. And one morning, the house mother of the orphanage came to Mueller and said, the children are dressed and ready for school, but there is no food for them to eat. George asked her to take the 300 children into the dining room and to have them sit at the tables. He thanked God for the food, and then he waited. George knew God would provide for the children as he always did. Within minutes, a baker knocked on the door. He said, Mr. Mueller, he said, last night I could not sleep. Somehow I knew that you would need bread this morning. I got up and baked three batches of bread for you. I will bring it in. And the children ate their fill. Bread, we have to have it to survive. We have to trust God for it. it it's interesting. Uh, I think if you're on social media, maybe you've noticed the phenomenon. I think half of North America right now is baking bread of some type. Uh, I've seen. Uh, I've seen sourdough, I've seen rolls, I've seen uh, this crunchy French baguette thing. I've seen, uh, you know, all types. Uh, I saw sweetbreads. I've seen bread of all types. Uh, uh, and they all look good, by the way. Some of them are from your kitchen. So uh, enjoy. They look, they look rather tasty. Um, uh, but bread, it, it's interesting that uh, in a moment when life is sort of slow down or become uh, small in some ways, that we do something that is the most basic to life. That is bread, baked bread. Something that we've done, everyone has done, humanity's done forever since the beginning. They've ground it. They've figured out a way to make bread. Bread's not for the poor. It's not for the rich. It's not for different uh, ethnicities. It's not for different cultures. Not for different regions of the world. Bread is something essential, foundational for all of life. It is something of the substance. I know there's some whole 30 keto folks like bread's bad, don't eat bread, you know. Oh my gosh. Uh well, just trust that the bread of scripture means food, the sustenance, that which is basic to life is something that we meet we need. And so in a moment where life is disrupted. Many of us bake bread. Um, and that way, it's, it's sort of a case study. It's sort of an entryway into um, what is God doing in uh, the pandemic? <laughs> How is he uh, retraining us, or reframing us to what is most basic? When life is shut down and schedules are cleared, I know that's not true for everyone. Some of you are working more. But still, this principle is still true. When life is different, when school's taken away and jobs are different and we can't go, we can't travel, we can't do spring break. Did we have spring break? I don't know what happened. Uh, it, it brings us to something of bread. What is most basic about life? What does it fundamentally mean to be human? What does it mean to live before God? What is the priority of life? What is the necessity of your life? You know, I, um, I don't know. You know, you hear a lot of 
comments. I don't know what Jesus is doing, what God is doing in this whole pandemic. Uh, I know he's doing a thousand things. Um, but I do know this from scripture that he's changing us. That each of us he's inviting to transformation. That he uses difficulties and trials to change and to shape and to mold us more and more into his image. It is not wasted. There is no trial that is wasted. And so I want you to see that Jesus is breaking us down to the very basics. To what is fundamental. To what is bread. I hope you have eyes to see. Let's look at this context. I'm going to look at the verse at the very end, but really talk about the context. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Jesus had just fed the 5,000. Five loaves, two fish, 5,000 people, the bread multiplied. And he fed them so much so that they were baskets left over of fragments. He was giving away the leftovers. And then Jesus dismissed himself and he went across the sea and the crowds couldn't find him. The next day, they found him on the other side. They crossed over. This is what Jesus says to them. You seek me because you had your fill of loaves. Jesus says, they came over. There's a mob. And Jesus says, you're seeking me because your bellies are full. You're seeking me because of what I can give you in this moment. Because of the way I can meet your comforts. The way I can satisfy your bellies. You like having your bellies full. You like the things that I offer, the trappings that I give. So you seek me for those things. They wanted this comfort from Jesus. And one of the things I think potentially God is doing is as he strips us down, as he takes away, I mean, we're listening to Ashton's beautiful voice uh, via a computer or a phone, right? It's not the same. There's no bells, there's no whistles, there's no great Easter celebration with the church. There's no Easter egg hunt. We can't travel, we can't leave our homes, we don't know, are we supposed to work? How do we work? What do we do? We're shut down to the most basic thing. And as it lingers and continues, will we have eyes to see beyond what Jesus gives us? Beyond all the blessings, all the trappings, we will see that he is offering us something more. The invitation is to see that life is more than what's in our bellies or in our homes or in our schedules. Jesus says in the next verse, do not labor for food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life. Don't get so tunnel vision to your little world. Let me stop everything that you would evaluate Is it me or is it the stuff I give you? He wants to do more. So we ask questions like, what am I living for? Is it just the next moment, the next weekend, the next trip, the next vacation? Are we going to have those things? Is it the next, what is it next? Or is it something else Jesus is offering? If our idea of the good life was a good job, a good home situation, not getting sick, ability to do what we want, when we want, travel where we want, um, for many and for us all at this point, that dream is kind of crushed at this moment, right? 
Why are we seeking him? What are we after? The stuff? Or something more? The disciples follow up the, the question or the comment from Jesus and says, okay, verse 28, then, then what must we do to be doing the works of God? It's interesting. If it's not you giving us stuff, then it must be something we can give to you, something we can do. What do we need to do? How can we do something to serve that's actually really going to make us get something from you? It's a, it's a give-to-get proposition. We want eternal life. What do we got to do? You're not just going to give it, so what do we got to do to get it? They're trying to maneuver, to jockey, to engage Jesus. We give to get. Perhaps it was from a good heart. I don't want to know the disciples. Okay, it's not about getting. Let's go do it. Let's take the world. Isn't it interesting? Have you found it? I found it. Um, maybe we've settled in now. Have you found it hard to be still and to rest? We talk about it all the time, like, my life is so busy. It's crazy busy. You know, we've got so many activities. And now, literally, again, there are exceptions. Some of you in the healthcare, we know you're working tremendous time. But this principle is true for us. It's still, it's quieter, it's slower, and we don't know what to do. Or fidgety, like how many house projects can you possibly do? How many kids' crafts can we possibly make up? We're restless. We're restless. We resist the rest, the invitation. And Jesus says this, you want to do the work, he says? This is the work of God. Here's the work, disciples that you believe in him who has sent who he has sent the work is to believe to entrust to put your full weight and substance in a moment that's scary that's difficult where everything is stripped away is to put your confidence and hope in me that's the work go be about the kingdom listen we want to do good works we're asking questions who can we serve how can we love what can we do we're asking that question to church we should be doing but Christianity fundamentally, primarily, is not about our doing. It's about receiving. It's not about receiving the way the crowds wanted, just in the moment, but it's about receiving the grace of God. That's what it means to be most human. Before Adam and Eve got to work in the garden, they rested on the seventh day, and they joyed the most basic level the bread from heaven. We've lost a lot. We've lost graduations, celebrations, birthdays. Some have lost lives. You've know those people. You've experienced the isolation and quarantine, family. But but wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it be amazing if all of the shucking down, our getting the extras, our doing the things for God, our work, our activities? stripped us down to see the most basic fundamental thing about life. It's not in what we do or what we get from Jesus. What is it really about? What's the most fundamental thing that the crowds needed, that the disciples needed, that you and I need? What is the essence of life? We need the bread, right? We need the bread. He had mentioned bread. And so in verse 34, the disciples say, sir, 
give us this bread always. Notice that it's still something they think that comes outside. What can we consume? What can we bring into our body that we can take? It's actually going to do this thing that gives us long-lasting satisfaction. And Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall never hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. He goes on, This is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose none of those that has given me, but raise it up on the last day. Everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise it up on the last day. What our hearts need is the bread. Our, uh, our world has, has become crazy, right? <laughs> I mean, our systems have failed. Our, our uh, greatest minds are wrestling with this microscopic thing that's impacting, that has us running and hiding in our homes. The, the market is plummeted. We don't know what to do with our days. We're struggling. Travel has stopped. Our plans have stopped. Our schedule has stopped. What is Jesus doing? He offers us the bread. We need the bread of life. The bread of life is not a thing to consume. It's a person. It's not all the trappings. It's not all the workings for him. It's him. It's not a philosophy. It's not a slogan. It's something that is so substantive and so dense and so rich and so fundamental that it contains life itself, that in Him, in participation with Him, we have life forever. Forever. His most basic message is He is the answer for the human heart. He is what gives us vitality and life. You know, we can do without oxygen and live. We can do without blood pumping from our hearts and live. We, we can do without literally food and water and we can still live. He says, if you believe upon me, I will raise him up on the last day. He says it twice, 39 and, and 40. There's something about Jesus in which he is so substantive, he is so solid, he is so essential, he is so fundamental to life of all of history that we could do without everything, even life itself in this life, and yet still have life. That even death could take him, and yet he is the bread of life, he is the essence of life, and so he cannot be contained. He cannot be distinguished. He cannot be thrown away. He cannot be tarnished, but that he raises up within us life itself. But death cannot take him. He is the bread of life. Do you know him? Let me ask you this as we finish. How, how will this pandemic, how will it change you? Because we can't go through this and not be changed. Like when it ends, we can't go back to life as normal. His purposes for his people are always to change us, to shape us, 
to soften us, to break us. I know many are struggling, and he's tender, he's comforting. Bread nourishes us, but it also teaches us that we have to have him now, and we have to have a vision bigger than now for eternal life in him. You know, last thought, COVID-19 is, is made Easter odd. <laughs> I mean, this is weird. Um, um, but Easter's always been odd. I, I mean, if you think about it, when we talk about Easter, we're talking about our faith in a man 2,000 plus years ago that claimed to be God, that claimed to be life, that was crucified, and then three days later, he came back to life. And now, through his resurrection power, lives in us that sustains us and gives us life, whether we die or whether we live, forever. Christian, do you know that's what you believe? Beyond Easter baskets and Easter bunnies and all the pastels and all the fl- we're trying to, to grapple with something so unbelievable. And, and so maybe this year, maybe COVID-19 hasn't made Easter odd. Maybe we've made Easter ordinary. Maybe we've made it commercial. We just want our eggs and our bellies filled and the fun and some Instagram pictures. Or maybe we'll just want to show the great things we're doing as a church. Or maybe he wants all to wrestle with the reality of he is the bread of life. He is the substance. He is the hope. Whether today we know people on ventilators or whether this has been the greatest quarantine of your life and you've watched more Netflix or more parties, I don't know. He is the substance, but he is the essence, not just for life now. Church, not just for life now, but for life eternal. Do we know? Have we tasted? Do we eat of the bread of life? He is the substance, the essence of life. Let me pray for us. Jesus, thank you that we 